It is Friday the 18th of January 2019 and this is episode 347 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to a new year, a new podcast, new me, new Ian. Hello, Ian. Uh, new you, new me. What's that all about? I don't know. I don't know. Just kept on going new. Uh, I am Chris, um, and yeah, here we go with the new year's worth of stuff. We we always wait till after CES before we do our first podcast of the year. But um, repeatedly, I would say over the last probably five years, we we're always a bit disappointed by CES. Um, so much so that I didn't even really watch any of the announcements. Other things have been going on and have got my mind and attention, like uh, our country's insistence on leaving the European Union. Um, so I guess that put it to one side and hasn't been top story in news, which it sometimes is. But anyway, we'll get on to CES a bit later and, and how whether it was a damp scrub or not. Um, but we might as well fill you in on some some of the bigger stories. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. So, so let's start with Facebook. Always a good story. But um, in in the seemingly never ending um, revelations around Facebook and, and its data security, we've learnt that um, Facebook did share private messages with um, various providers, including Netflix and Spotify. Um, this is sort of part of the revelations that Facebook for larger companies, for larger integrations, did give organizations, third-party organizations, sort of wide-sweeping access to data, um, user data, um, including the ability to see friends when that wasn't part of what the the user had set up to share. And it turns out even um, reading, uh, modifying and deleting people's private messages, which is quite a big one. Um, It does seem in most cases that the companies that had that right given to them either didn't realize that that right was there or um you know just or or certainly they've said would never use that kind of thing so it's almost like the back door was open for them to do certain integrations but facebook didn't really have fine grain controlled around actually what that would mean it was either you're in the back door doing these things and you've got access to everything or you, you you're a normal company user and, and you don't have access to anything that the user doesn't say you can uh, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think the, the the main thing about this for me is it's like it just kind of caps twenty eighteen for Facebook, which is like yeah, it's just been month after month after month, and they are getting really defensive. You know, they're really going after mm. people now that are you know, New York Times, you're writing lies about us. You know, they're 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 really starting to you know get on the front. Well, foot. they're still they're still saying as well a lot of these things that you're talking about historical data you're collecting from historical emails and historical sources we have changed these things and you know we realized that having a one size fits all backdoor for larger companies wasn't the right approach so they kind of protesting that yeah we've done that other people are also saying it's good that facebook gives other organizations access to this data because it means they don't have monopoly on all that data and they're sharing it around and all that kind of stuff but it still leaves that dirty taste in your mouth as far as it's they choose who, why and how. And by not putting those protections in place, they're completely relying on terms and conditions and privacy policies. And who the heck reads those? Nobody. Um, and certainly who abides by them? Nobody. I think the thing that, that I'm not saying it's missed because it's obvious now, but, but when a, uh, an app 
you know, a, a you know a software provider or Netflix or something like that does ask for permissions. I think people just think it's you know we're going to access this. The bit the bit that's never very clear is you know we're actually going to um, mine it and we'll store it and then we'll use that to you know that I think that's the bit that I think has it's like a subtle difference for me. You know, if I just um, but but you know giving someone access to a set of data there's no you know you don't know which company's going to be the bad one that mines the data I, and which ones the, the good ones and uh, using it as an in the intended purpose yeah and i think the good thing for this one was i mean the headline is facebook shared private user messages with netflix and spotify um and and yes the you know netflix and spotify did have the ability to read and delete users private messages and um, netflix were, were were pretty cute about it um, and they replied to the story in a tweet saying it never asked for or accessed anyone's private messages. We are not the type to slide into your DMs. So um, <laughs> that was, and I, I think you know, so so data, data, and I guess misuse of data has become a bigger and bigger thing through twenty eighteen. We'll see the same through twenty nineteen. Um, yeah. So and and things are changing so quickly that sometimes it does feel a little unfair that they're going back. You know, even just twelve months because the landscape was different then um you know the understanding of facebook and all those things was different and and and, and ultimately in the majority of cases i know that there's some of these edge cases when i say edge cases but they're obviously serious things but for the majority of standard companies and yeah you are your information was restricted but but it they did open it up in the back end so maybe they do have to face some consequences from that and certainly the the industry as a whole so social media as a whole is under massive you know, um, spotlight and, and, you know, I've been paying more attention to what, you know, MPs and the Lords are all commenting on and debating in, and, and social media comes up all the time. It's, it's dead in the spotlight. It's under scrutiny. It's a really nice excuse for, um, people who don't really know what they're talking about to, to moan and groan. Um, and, and, and because it's so complicated and hard to understand, they got a, they've, they've got a point. You know, they've got a point that who is regulating this, who is making sure this you, you've proved as a company that you don't have the responsibility or you don't have the, you know, we're not re- yet to give you, you, you can't be the guardian or the gatekeeper here because you're <laughs> ultimately you want to make money out of it. Yeah. And I think there's also tied into the the governments, i.e. the security forces are also looking to access all this, you know, so there's a, mm-hmm. it's a real, a real murky thing. Anyway, I was going to do a, I was going to do a speaker impression here and go, oh da, oh da, oh da. <laughs> we a lot of that. He loves it. He loves it. Um, Uber has lost its latest legal bid over driver rights. So this is the court cases going on <clears throat> that uh, arguing that Uber drivers are employees and therefore entitled to paid holiday and enforced rest breaks and minimum wages. Uh, and Uber is still insisting that no, private cab drivers have been self-employed for years, well before our app came along, and um, our app doesn't change anything on that. It's up to a driver if they want to come to us, and it's they're self-employed people already, um, and that's what you know. That's our argument. Now it, it seems like the appeal court. I think it was two to one in favour of um, rejecting Uber. So Uber are going to take it to the next level and just see whether it, they can get it through the Supreme Court. Um, and, you know, ultimately, um, in the meantime, I think they the <laughs> Uber drivers still retain their self-employed status. And I think I've mentioned before that um, 
I'm pretty sure there will be a, a quite a lot of drivers who do want to remain self-employed. Um, certainly, it's more lucrative for them, and they have you know potentially more say in when and when when they work and when they don't. Um, from a consumer point of view, I think having drivers a bit more responsible as far as having and having enforced brakes and things like that is a sensible decision because if you're self-employed and you know you you want to you, you may be willing to push too far and drive too long which is, is never a good idea uh, yeah i mean the scary thing is it's 2016 since this original ruling you know so you <laughs> shows how long it yeah. takes to come through I mean, three years on three appeals on three appeals lost we were going to crack on it supreme i mean i know the the, the lawyers you know representing um the united private hire drivers branch of the iwgb union um, they, they believe it's um, they're, they're just spinning this out because they want to float, you know. So they want to, want to float the stock market, <laughs> spin this out, get their money, and then do what you like because you well, pay off. I guess there's the other law, you know, court, court cases going on whether they could even operate in London at the moment. Yeah. So there's all those, yep. you know, all these things going on in parallel. Must be a blooming nightmare. I expect a lot of their profits are being spent on uh, uh, lawyers right now. But it reminds me of the kind of Apple, Samsung. You know, Nokia, yeah, all, all, all those things of, where they had partnerships as well as suing each other, as well yeah. as doing this, that, the other, it's, and it's suing each other mental. like three or four times at the same time. Yeah, yeah. all overlapping. And, yeah. and by the way, can yeah. I get those screens? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we use those? Oh, they look good. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Very weird state of affairs. Um, Alexa user has gained access to seventeen hundred audio files from a complete stranger, which was interesting. This was it can't be uh, Chris, in- because they said this would never happen. <laughs> so this was this was a user in Germany who requested all the audio files that Amazon <laughs> held about them um, uh, under the GDPR rules, which they're entitled to do. Amazon duly sent them an email with a link to all the audio files. It just happened to be that it wasn't their audio files. It was someone else's. And um, even though she notified or the user notified Amazon, um, they did delete those audio files, but the user had already downloaded them by then. So it was a bigger issue. Then now we've got some, uh, I think, is it newspapers involved at the moment? Um, obviously moved this story up the ranks and, and, the newspaper has analysed the recordings and yes, they can identify the people in the recordings and therefore this is a breach of GDPR. Uh, Amazon is saying it's um, uh, not behind the wheel. So it's the it's a user muck-up rather than a, a service. Muck-up. Yeah, and and they believe they've taken steps to make sure this never happens again. Which, um, and you know, it's probably right. I, I still go back. I downloaded my Facebook data a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm still convinced I got other. I got. I did get my content, but there's other stuff I have never seen before that was in it. Mm. Like really, kind of like what the hell is that? What the hell's that doing? You there, know, yeah. images, people, things I'd never seen, heard. You know, and I'm like, why have I, I got this? I imagine it's a hugely complex thing to try and extract just some one person's yeah. data out of, of of the way they store all that stuff and the, the hierarchy of it. So yeah, I, and I imagine in this case, it was the case of someone typed in ID 123 instead of 124. You know, it's as simple as that, I imagine. And click the link. Because a lot of these, you know, the systems that people would have put in place for GDPR and these information requests, they won't be mature systems yet. They'll be hacked around, worked out how we can best do this in the minimum effort of time um, to to just get and meet the compliance. So I think it's going to take a while for these things to mature and become a you know yeah an automated system Absolutely. rather I mean, than were, a system where a user has to go and do it. Yeah, they were never architected for that kind of role, you know. Right. So you're having to reverse engineer the initial intent and. 
and try and you know keep compliant it's horrible some would argue that, that the whole point of gdpr is that to to point out that yes you should have architected it in such yeah. a way that you could do these things yeah. and i guess that's that's the whole reason behind it you know mm-hmm. um but more than 100 million alexa devices have been sold now this includes um inbuilt oem type installations into other devices and stuff but nevertheless that is a fairly impressive number uh, considering this was a new market what two three years ago and especially so amazon also famously have always just said like you know year on year this has been like a you know a gangbusters year you know we've sold five times what we did last year but and i, and I know a couple of <laughs> apple pundits always like yeah but five times ten just means 50 you know <laughs> and, and five times 50 is you know yeah so but how many people now do you know? I know loads of people exactly, now. Exactly, exactly, and that is a bit always like, come on, and and I found it ironic because the you know two, three, four years, you know, especially something like John Gruber would always say, yeah, yeah, whatever, and then Apple, you know, last not well, yeah, it was last quarter says, by the way, we're going to stop telling you numbers, and they were all like, oh yeah, but that's because it's a mature market, and that's because it's like, yeah. You know, some people don't like to release figures because people pour over them and make, you know, two and two equals that. You know, if it's not sold that yeah. much, then that's a disaster. Yeah. And this is, yeah. as you say, this is, it's become a thing. It's like, it's like Googling, you know, Alexa has become the thing, you know, and Google's catching up, but... Google's always been there with its services and integration and they're obviously, they're, they are pumping effort into yes. getting their services everywhere and we saw that at ces yes um but but amazon are they the second largest um private company now or something like that or public company i can't remember which one it is something like that they're, they're you know they're ginormous again now um so yeah they've done well um, um right 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 so microsoft is calling an audible on smart speakers what's that uh, they're currently fourth, you're right, if you said fourth. But that was at July 2018, second, I've got. Yeah, so that might have yeah. changed because... I think because Apple have tumbled a bit. I think they've fallen behind. Yeah. It might, it? So in October, Microsoft overtook Amazon as second largest. Okay, so I think it's Microsoft now. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazon now. briefly Amazon tops because... Apple and Microsoft to be world's biggest company. So I guess they're duking it out. Because lots of people reckoned well, Amazon were going to be the first trillion dollar. Um and Apple got there, but not anymore. We'll come and talk about that a little bit later when we cover that story. <laughs> so, yeah, Microsoft calling an Audible on, st- on smart speakers. Uh, so this is um, uh, this just kind of come out after CES, so it's nothing to do with CES, but, but, uh, but it's they're basically saying that, that, and I guess they were later than everybody else. Like not Well, were they later than everybody else? So they got here Cortana, and, and it's, you know, that drives Xbox, it drives you potty. Um <laughs> but in, and, and they released a smart new potty sounds like if it's not a service it needs to be one. <laughs> <laughs> and um they released they released one speaker last year so it was a harman Kardon um speaker that had katana built in and it worked and you could do what you had to do um and it's, and obviously it's baked into you know windows which is a huge platform um but they're basically saying um it's not not defeat but the new vision is that Cortana is an AI offering that works in tandem with products that have previously been considered its chief competitors. So mm. you're going to be using Cortana and then link into things like, um, you know, Google and Amazon services. 
okay so fine right yeah. but no one's still going to use it <laughs> it's just interesting because lots of people have kind of are, are betting that this kind of conversational interface whether it's via a speaker or a screen or whatever is is the future and um you know so microsoft have given up mobile and it also feels like they're kind of taking a step back in this one as well so it's a it's a bold move yeah yeah uh, they're doing the same thing again add a service you know um add it everywhere you can get it as widely as possible forget about barricading it off yeah for sure um They've come under fire with Microsoft this week, though. Um, an investigation into their search engine proved that um, not only were they showing images of child abuse and child pornography uh, in the search engine, uh, various phrases were also being refined to offer users more uh, options for, for looking at the similar type of images. So their algorithms hadn't been correctly blocked for um, child porn images and abuse images. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of again brings to light and and what a lot of the um people are saying is you know they're just not putting enough money into protection uh they make a lot of money out of these services but they just don't um pay attention to the uh their their responsibilities for these things as well um yeah i mean this this was uh this was uh, so basically TechCrunch had been tipped off and they and they they did um um they did some reporting with a uh, well, I'm trying to get the name of the firm, Antitoxin, who is an online safety startup. Um, and there was, it was, I'm not going to say the names on here, but there was some fairly, fairly easy search terms that you could put in, and and you you were surfaced up images, which was like, oh, that's. I, I mean, I, well, I it's tend... kind of you would have thought it's search engine 101. Google do do a good job of yeah. this, um, and I guess other search engines have, but but it seems like Microsoft either you know it's almost. I think people are right to say it's it's a little bit even beyond um, careless. It's it's really it's really mucking up. Yeah, I mean, this and I mean, I think, I'm not saying we're treating it slightly, but this is like you know the images that we're showing are criminal images. You know, they're mm. they're you know it's illegal, and you know you could be, you know, you could get in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, and. And like you say, they they need to do better than what they were doing. And and so to be fair to them, they 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 have you know held their hands up and and said, yeah, we got this wrong. We need to put more effort in. But even after they'd said they'd fixed it, um, the antitoxin um, company um, found that they could still you know, there were still some of the keywords that they were sitting for were still returning um, images. What I don't what I don't think is I don't think this is a small task and any trivial task. And I, we know that it's taken Google years to kind of get at least to a level which is, you know, acceptable in most people's eyes to start with, at least. Um, and Bing is a newer engine, um, and but nevertheless, I mean, maybe maybe this is where the companies should work together to share these services. But but equally, you know, it's it's just it's such. I mean, say it's a really tricky technological problem where we're really really only just getting into the state where technology itself can self-monitor this but it does still need the human layer over the top and that's what people are arguing here that with a bit of human oversight these things can be nipped in the bud before they become an issue i mean facebook i've thrown loads at google i've thrown loads at for years i've shared a couple of stories where you know they've talked to people that are on these teams and the content they're having to sift through is you know horrendous mm. um and you know and it's you know, it's like they're they're doing that job to kind of you know keep, you know keep us keep us safe. I mean, I'd, it's just uh, 
You know, I would I would take to think it's not a job you want. No, is it? I would take to I take to think what they're having to go through, I'd, and I, I would just and I would hate if I did an innocent search, you know, on Google yeah. for something, and somebody somehow Google bombed something to appear. You know, it's yeah. you know, it, it's like oh, so um, it, it's I mean, it's, a, it's as you say, probably a good shout. You know, can they ever get to the point where they you can, you know, can one can you stand up one firm that could then you know do that in behalf of everybody rather than each firm having to, you know, do this because it must be, it must be a huge huge effort. Epic Games have banked three billion dollars in. Profit I still can't in believe this. this. A three billion profit. <laughs> so Fortnite basically uh, absolutely nailed on for them. So Epic obviously before were you know pretty much in every single game uh, with their Unreal Engine anyway, um, but uh, Fortnite was a kind of change of direction for them producing this game getting they just absolutely nailed the timing and then proceeded to nail the the development of that game going forward and it just caught a caught a nerve didn't cost anything to buy and uh you know they're making this much money from items that you don't need to play the game these are all add-on items that don't make a difference to the how how or whatever you're playing it's just literally how you look in the game and they nailed it. If, if you'd said to me, we're just talking about Xbox Live beta. If you'd said to me in 2002 that, that, that see you in like 16 years time, you won't pay for the game. It'll be free. The company will make three billion. And it's... In one year. And it's all <laughs> off. It's all off. People buying content that just makes them buying look different. Yeah. <laughs> I still think back yeah, to... Yeah, you can buy angel wings. What yeah. was the game? Remember there was a game when, when the in-app purchases first kicked off? And there was a game, it was a horse armour and they priced it really high and there was an outrage about this horse armour that actually did make a difference in game. It was like... EI was, EA were the first oh. ones to start trying to do this but they, they definitely didn't nail it, did they? Because they charged massive for the game and then they charged again for all the add-ons which made it better, you know, easy to play or whatever. There you go, how Virtual Skyrim... Was it Skyrim, yep. was it? How Virtual Horse Armour paved the way for pay-to-win in gaming. <laughs> And that was the because there was but, an but, this, the, the, but, but that's the interesting thing. This isn't pay to win. That's the whole point. Exactly. This is just this is pay to be flash. Yeah, it's um, not to win. And I, I still still go back to the when we played it right at the start. Fortnite right at the start of the beat, and it felt quite ropey. And it mm-hmm. was like this. This feels a bit ropey. The shooting was all, and it was like. But given that it was free, you didn't. You weren't then pissed off that you'd spent the money. No. You know, on a game. You know. And even but, in, in, yeah. so they came on later to iOS, you know, and obviously it's free on iOS, it's free on, you know, well, it's not in the Google App Store, they did their own thing, didn't they? Um, but but in iOS, it's pulling in 385 million over eight months, is the estimate. <laughs> you know, a yeah. couple of million a day. It's phenomenal. And just to show the kind of differences here, so Gears of War, um, the latest Gears of War, uh, Earned a hundred million dollars off of a uh, twelve million development budget, but re- this is epic. <laughs> getting three billion from Fortnite for selling skins. So, what's the point of spending all that twelve million development budget on a game that's going to earn you a hundred million? When, but that, that, the thing is, maybe they just absolutely nailed it, and this will, you know, maybe they they found that sweet spot. And it's just not going to be repeatable yeah, again. It, maybe this, maybe that's it. Because too many other people are now putting Grand Royale games out, or not too many. Loads yeah. of other people are doing it. The market gets just, just, you know, fractured. And 
and the monopoly really that Fortnite had um, is is probably never going to happen again. Yeah, and it feels like a perfect storm. You know, like things like you know you had Ninja and all the streaming that was going on. Yeah. You know, he was getting celebs in, and all of a sudden breaking yeah. streaming records, and people were you know people were doing the Fortnite. You know, like so American footballers once they'd you know a touchdown, doing a little Fortnite dance. You know, same way Premiership footballers. Uh, so suddenly it was all over the actual mainstream news as well. Yeah. You know, everyone was talking about it. And it's and, mm-hmm. I, and it's even you think back over gaming history. It's hard to think of other ones that have kind of made an. It's almost like back to you know the Wii. It was a big cultural mm-hmm. thing that just went. It just it just went mainstream rather than in the gaming yeah, area. And so even yeah. some of the early Nintendo stuff was the same. You know. Yeah. But but there's very you know there's very few games that you could turn around and go. Everybody. The only other ones that get into the mainstream are things like GTA, which are there for controversy, and, yeah. and that's the, you know the other the other time games really make the mainstream headlines. So even though there's things like the Call of Duties and all the things that come out, and they sometimes get a little peak of interest. It's like lots of people don't know Call of Duty, but lots of people when you see Fortnite. I mean, I'm amazed. I'll be sitting, I'll be sitting at work, and I'll be, and, and you'll just hear the that he plays that bloody Fortnite all the time. <laughs> You yeah, know? yeah, you know it's a massive topic in all the schools yep. over the country, and you know it's and, and it's the latest thing that parents are having to deal with. How do we manage this? You know, WoW kind of had that effect, but it was more on a slightly older age group, I would say, that World of Warcraft hit. Whereas Fortnite seems to be, uh, you know, everyone from you know young right away up to old. Uh, Netflix doing all right at the moment. Um, it released Bird Box um, before Christmas, and it's gained by the t- tail end of the year. I reckon it added another eight point eight million users on um, during the last three months of the year, which you know pretty knob on this. So Bird Box was uh, you know a Netflix original film, effectively, rather than a box set or you know a series set of series. It was a film. They've done it before, but this one did gain i mean i saw it was all over social media um people talking about it um i've watched it and i <laughs> didn't think much to no, it to be honest. That's I, thought, bit, I thought it was really run of the mill and a bit boring actually that was about they got me you know so everybody's talking about it and and i, and I was like well it's, and because and, and it was over christmas you got a bit more time so i watched it mm-hmm. and i was like is, is that it you know is it, yeah uh, that's exactly why is that it but as you say social media not everybody would be talking about it but then there's all these youtube um, and, I, and I was going to put the post in, and I thought, oh, we'll just cover as we're talking here. So there's all these YouTube videos of people doing like the bird box challenge. You know, it's kind of, can I walk across the river? Can I go shopping? But then there was people like, can I go driving? You know, blindfolded. But I just watched that and thought that's a whole load of rubbish, and that's what's frustrating me more than it. anyway. I, I find that about most movies. Yeah, so it's but, not an unusual thing for me. But I did, I just felt it was like a but, pretty low budget, no <laughs> standard just, affair. Yeah, I was, I was, I was unimpressed. But the, the 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 bit that was interesting was all these folk that are doing this bird box challenge, and YouTube's YouTube's changed its terms and conditions and saying, no, you're not going to put these videos up anymore. Yeah, you so know, they changed the, they changed all those pranks and stuff, didn't they? Yeah. Recently, to say we we're not we're not interested in the content that's dangerous and um, foolish anymore. So the estimate is Netflix are spending 13 billion on movies and shows this year, um, and this is all I guess the challenge for Netflix now is if but what's probably spent the last sort of five, six years showing lots of other people's content and everybody else is like, well, I can do that. You know, so Apple's going yeah. to come in 2019. You've already got Amazon. You've got a whole other number of other ones. And they're all either they're all either grabbing their content back for their platform. And and Netflix have had a chance to get the, you know, they've got a foothold, they've got a massive base and they can also invest. Um, yeah. Just when we talked Fortnite, the interesting thing that, that 
they said is that Fortnite is a bigger threat to the business than HBO. And that's <laughs> I, I, and whether that was them just wanting to pee on HBO, but I think it's just more um, they know how it's much people. Ah, you know, they know how much people watch Netflix and they're seeing that yeah. go down because Fortnite's become, we've covered it. I think it's we taken covered the screen it. over. Yeah, yeah, but I think we covered it in one of the shows or I put it up in the in, in the blog at some point. Um, it's become the water cooler. You know, people are jumping mm. on Fortnite just to talk to their mates. Yeah. It's become the Snapchat for kids. Social area. Yeah. Yes, like, yeah, social with avatars. Yeah. Like the, what was that one world or second, no, Second Life. Oh, yeah, 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 Second, second Life. life. Yeah. Like, so again, Second Life, well before its time, it's actually turns out you just need to have a shooter that people just hang around <laughs> chatting, <laughs> occasionally get get shot. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's no doubt Netflix is is a phenomenon as well, though that it's going to be hard for people to knock off its thread, yeah, its its pedestal. And sure, we will see that fragmenting where people take their own content back. Um, but Netflix has already proved with a number of different shows that they they are, they are quite good at sourcing original content. I wouldn't say Bird Box was one of them, but nevertheless, it seems to do the job, and they got eight point eight million more users. So, what more do you want? Um. Um, iPad Pros, some of them are a bit bent out of the box, and this isn't due to any reason other than manufacturing, so it's not that people have bent their own iPads, and this has caused quite a kerfuffle, because Apple have now um, confirmed that, yeah, some, <laughs> some iPads a little bit bent. Yeah, which I think is, like, shocking, but what they're, what they're saying is, because of the To be so blasé about it. Yeah, so what they're saying is, because of the new design, which is all, like, flatter and squarer, it's more obvious with the old design. They were actually more bent, but nobody noticed. And it's mm, like, okay. what? If I spent, I mean, these things were over I don't grand. Think I remember my iPad sat flat on the table, though. Yeah. So if I'd spent I don't over think a... I remember anyone else mentioning that it didn't no. sit flat on the table. And this, these are definitely not sitting flat on the table. You know, so this, this build around for a few days and then they kind of come out with a kind of PR bit and shows you the manufacturing process and shows you all the tolerances and said, yeah, some will be slightly bent and that's within tolerance. And I'm like, if I've spent over a grand, yeah, I, yeah. I don't really want a wibbly-wobbly, you know, bent laptop. That's or, also sorry, tablet. It's, it's a strange angle to take for them as well. In, in For a company that is absolutely obsessed with the detail yeah to to finally come out and just say yeah that's just part of tolerance apple are famous for zero tolerance right zero tolerance for anything that's not right so it's a kind of an unusual angle for them to take and they don't often take it so it does um but, it's a bit unusual but i think as we're about to come on to we've seen a, a very different apple over the last uh, couple of months yeah because they announced before christmas that they're they were just after. basically having a problem. Was it just after? Was it? Yeah, Crikey, it was right? just after New so Year. Profit warnings, basically. So they didn't meet their minimum expected profit. Now they missed it by several billion, which would, for most other companies, would be all of their sales. But this was just a tiny percentage. Is it seven percent or something? Of their sales were lower. Yeah. Um, so the, the, but the that wiped. It wiped billions off their value. Yeah. So stock market wise, it took a pump. So the strange thing about this is that. It's not like it was a year ago they made this estimate and, and so things have happened over the last year. They made this estimate three months ago. Mm. So they're basically saying that, the you know, it's a miss, you know, but, but our estimates from three months ago, which is highly unusual. I mean, so Apple's history, I mean, the last time they did this, I think, was 2002. 
Um, but they missed their profits. It, well, but but they had to do the first, you know, a first pro, you know, a basically a profit warning. And a profit warning sounds mm-hmm. like, oh crap, are the, the the companies in the Duda. Um, obviously, as you said, they're still making a huge amount of money. They still will make a huge amount of money. But but there's almost I think what they blamed it in China, you know. So they they they, yeah. they and and they're going to have the stats. So so do you take it at face value or do you take it that they're going to put the a spin on it and you know with the trade war that Trump's initiating, they're obviously going to. Well, I think find... people say there's no doubt that China is suffering a little bit of a, a shrinkage uh, and and also. They're saying China's their third biggest market. And again, maybe why would we disbelieve them when they said that kind of thing? Yep. Um, they also blamed it on the... Um, do you remember all the story around the throttled because of um, they wanted to you know, keep you using a fast machine, but the battery wasn't delivering. So they did mm. that kind of throttling to help. And last year, to cover all that controversy, they said, tell you what, we'll let you do cheap battery replacements. Um, and what came out after the... I think it was. I think it was just at the tail end of last week. Was that instead of? I was at the middle of this week. Instead of usually, I think they said it's like a, about one to two million replacements. Last year they did eleven million. So it's people really just wanting to extend the life of their existing device. Yes. and I think the, the the third bit, and I think it was again. It's it's, it's easy seeing it now as if like oh we know what's going on, but you know, the, the amount of um, adverts that we're doing around the iPhone ten R. You know, and cutting, you know, giving you, you know, almost rebates. This was in America. It was kind of clear. It was mm. on their front page. And it kept on changing every day and run up to Christmas. Like a kind of better deal or here's what to do or here's mm. how to do it. And um, I, I don't know. There, there's um, the phones last so much longer now, you know. And, and the phones, right. The, there's several, you know, not wanting to disregard China at all, because I'm sure that was a major factor. Ultimately, the phones last longer. Revisions come in the part of uh, software, uh, and the devices now cost a thousand pounds or dollars. Yep. You know, and that's not a cheap no. offering. No, and I you think know, just for one year to do it every single year. Yeah, and I think what we've found is that Apple have found what what people will stock now, and it's yes, the people will like their iPhones, but they're probably going to spend that money, and then in three or four years' time, spend it again. You know, they're going to eke out as much value out of that phone now. And they've got to make the decision, I guess. Do we want $1,000 every yeah. four years or do we want $500 every year? You know, that's, you know, what do they want to do and how, or, you know, how, do, how what's best for them to do? And, I mean, we, we, we touched on it and I've just got to the article that says it. So some analysts have been, you know, they were, they were Apple were predicting 80, 90, 93 billion revenue for one quarter, but they reckon now it's going to be 84 billion. Um, you know, so still, it's still... Just 84 billion. You know, it's still a, you know, a huge still amount of money. Still bigger than most countries. Uh, yeah, still a huge amount of money. But what was amazing was this Apple, you know, basically Apple coming out with this, not only did kill their stock, but it, I mean, every other tech company, because it's a, the forewarning is that that's China and that's the market and there's a, dep- not a depression, but... They're it's overvalued. Down, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's and and but we always we kind of know there's bubbles around the tech companies still even now, and and you can tell it by how twitchy people are because they're not holding stock for long term gain, they're holding it for short term gain, and that's why you get twitches in the market. Which, you know, if you were if you're a long term investor, it wouldn't they wouldn't exist because 
you know, one sales profit or profit warning doesn't suddenly wipe forty-five billion pounds off the valuation of a an, a company. Um, but yeah, and it's now moved into third place behind Microsoft and Facebook, uh, Microsoft and um, uh, Amazon. So Amazon are really, you know, that people talk about Amazon being that consistent company, and it's quite true. They they never talk about too much of their profits. They don't talk about their numbers. Yet they're always reliably. Uh, pretty, they're they're a, I would say they're the solid investment in the whole. Oh thing. yeah, and they are. They, you know, whatever money they make, reinvest to make they always reinvest. reinvest yeah. And it's, and I think what we'll see, you know, from Apple this year will be a focus on not so much the hardware side but services. You know, so we're going to well, see. Well, they've that... got to spend their two hundred thirty-seven billion of cash somewhere. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's almost. I mean, I I find that quite pukesome. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I know the re- one of the big reasons they've got that much cash is they don't want to bring it back into the America because it'll get um, taxed to high heaven. Um, but I, I just think that money sitting there, and you think about all the other things that money could be doing in the world, and it's just a bit ugly. It, it is. There's no getting away from it. Um, and I think they need to do more around value. I think they need to do more around innovation, and we'll see what services they bring. I mean, we'll see their TV. You know, the amount of TV content that they're they're basically commissioning is phenomenal. I think it proves that money doesn't buy you the innovation, though. No. Innovation has to come in that spark, and it's that creative spirit. You, having an amount of money doesn't just immediately mean that you're going to come up with innovative products. No, not. and the phones, if you look at the phones, they're all much of a muchness. Yeah, of course they are, because they've turned into a, a, a platform now rather than a, yeah. you know, this, a new device. Uh, DuckDuckGo are going to be working with Apple Maps, though. So DuckDuckGo are the um, search engine that sort of values privacy. Um, and basically doesn't track you. And they're going to be working with Apple Maps because of that reason, because Apple Maps is also aligned with that kind of, uh, doesn't want to record any data based on your usage. So it seems like a good um, tie-up, whether <laughs> whether it's going to mean Apple, uh, sorry, whether it means DuckDuckGo is a bit rubbish for searching for places. I don't know. I think the app, Apple Maps, I think people have largely said is getting better over time, but I've never, I've not used it since the original. So I, I mean, it, it definitely has got better. I mean, I used it last week. It navigated me down to Preston for a training course um, and then took me down a lane to the hotel and then says, you've reached a destination. You need to walk the final bit because it had taken me to... <laughs> the back entrance. The back entrance, which was a wooden fence. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Apple Maps. And, and I can only imagine the kind of data that's needed to make sure that doesn't happen And I'm pretty sure Google will still have the same problem somewhere, but I would say the vast majority of times, Google just nails it. I still trust Google. It, and that's, and that's, that, this is not, I don't, I don't want you to slag off half a month. It has got better. Um, and I guess the, the big thing about this is that, you know, you, you, you keep your privacy. You know, so there's a lot, there's yeah, lots yeah. of people have stopped using Google. You know, goes yeah. traffic, you know, is, is you know, it's nowhere near Google's, but it's, it's improving. It's a thing though. It's definitely yep. a thing. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, people would rather, probably have a worse search but it's private rather than having a better search but all your data is going to google and then getting used so definitely a thing for some people yep, yep. for sure in fact not just some people a lot of people yeah, yeah and maybe one day they will be proved absolutely right so, mm. yeah so as i mentioned earlier ces did happen um that's Rather than like we were already we're already forty minutes odd into this podcast, so that's not well because it was, it was a little little bit um, of a damp squib. So it was interesting that um, Apple is going to put um, iTunes on Samsung TVs. I thought that was funny. 
So this was the this was like I day before CS started. It came out. Of, it did come out of nowhere because nobody. Um, so everybody knows Apple's bringing their TV service out this year, uh, and everybody's thinking: Is it is it a, alongside Apple Music? Is it a standalone app? Is it going to you know you need to get your Apple TV? It'll be on the iPad and iOS, all that all that kind of stuff. And then there's Samsung saying, "Oh, by the way, we're going to have iTunes and also support yeah. AirPlay too." And then the next day, Vizio, we're going to have iTunes yeah. and support AirPlay too. And then LG, and then Sony, and Sony. So iTunes are definitely waking up or apple are waking up to the fact they need to have a service everywhere they cannot just rely on it being on their own product absolutely the interesting thing about the sony one is that it runs android so (laughs) (laughs) so they all run android tv um so so in in, in many ways it felt like i'm not saying apple won ces because i think i think nobody wins at a ces now it's just it's just a mess um but but they certainly um you know the, the ability to surprise considering they were dealing with Samsung and LG and Sony and Vizio and none of it really leaked out was pretty impressive yeah Withings have brought out um, electric cardiogram watch this is on an analog watch though so rather than on a digital one so yeah They've, they've decided that's a good direction after Apple led the way on that. Yeah. Um, NVIDIA have been releasing... Just on that, the, oh, the, reason, oh. the reason I thought that was interesting, $130. You know, mm-hmm. so really, you know, from a price perspective, really good. Um, yeah. And also we've seen another two or three um, good news stories around um, somebody doing it in America, doing their Apple Watch, doing the test. Um, and there was even one guy, I think, who was Skyping his doctor and he showed the results up and he went, oh yeah, that's such and such. Um, get in the hospital, please. Um, and by the next day, he had two stents fitted. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's, there's definitely, there's, no doubt there'll be some false readings somewhere. But but false readings are often better yeah. than, um, and false positives are, are fine up to a certain point. Yeah, so I rudely, I rudely seeded the debate. I will hand back to my right honourable gentleman. No, no. I, NVIDIA. I, <laughs> yes, <it's, laughs> uh, <laughs> I should really have let you have your say and conceded the floor. Um, NVIDIA does has launched a three four nine dollars G four RTX two thousand and sixty. This is so. This isn't their um, super powered one, but this is a nicely powered uh, kind of consumer version of their. You know, it's got serious amounts of power, but in a much more affordable, um, you know, mass market price point. Um, sort of people saying this is you know and kind of the laptop version of it you know it's going to be allow laptops to run kind of really high-end games so quite exciting times for that yep. and they were showing you the kind of ray tracing you know support and things like battlefield and and that was running on it so again if you're you know if, whether you're a gamer or even some of the kind of workstation type you know laptops yep. now that you need you need that grunt so yeah nice so that's coming out htc was showing off um various virtual reality headsets uh, a lot of these devices sort of designed to hook up or t- pair with a device. And at the moment, it's going to be computers. But in the future, they're saying it could be phones or maybe other devices. Basically, they were just showing these things. They didn't really have full details, though. Um, but they certainly look like interesting propositions. But again, it was around that whole, this is how to do VR without having to have such massive machinery and certainly no wires to, to tie you down, all that kind of stuff. And no sensors that you need to hook up around your room, things like that. So that's that's all, you know, direction feels... of that. Does it, do, do it feel flat now? Yeah, so it feels, I was just about to say the same, it feels like the bubble's slightly bust. It's like the hype machine's kind of like, ah. And um, so and I don't know if you know, you know, the kind of, see if you look at the kind of hype curve that you get. Like, so Gartner were famous for it, you know, so you're, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you get all this, you know, here's everything that's coming and you fall into that trough of disillusionment. It feels like we're right in that trough. <laughs> 
<laughs> and 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 ultimately it turns into an everyday thing that more people have access to but it's just not as exciting basically yeah. because people have had that initial vr always suffered from that initial excitement around wow this is incredible but to the realities of but it's impractical you know that's, that's uh, and, and it still feels like that unless you've got the space to have like a gaming room set up type thing it's like what a yeah, faff exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, to have it and have to keep putting it away and yeah, putting, yeah it's all those things. Yeah, definitely. Um, Google absolutely barnstorming that just announce everything's <laughs> going to contain the assistant, basically. You know, um, so that's kind of what they spent CES doing. They just said we are everywhere. You cannot get away from us. And they had a huge, they had a huge stand, and they had uh, probably a bit like. I mean, so Amazon kind of did it, I want to say, like two, three months ago with their, their clock and the microwave and these other bits and pieces. And Google were like, hold on, we've got a, you know, we've got we all these kitchen yeah. stuff. We've got Samsung TV integrations. We can do stuff for Philips Hue. We're going to have cars, you know, that have got all this. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, and, and it was a, it was like a two divorce of this is it. And it is everywhere, you know, and, and it was very impressive. Very impressive. And they're going to sneak it into the Apple platforms via Google Maps. Yes. So, so Google Maps is going to allow you to, you know, uh, talk to the Google service um, for voice for voice commands, uh, and they were showing off the really impressive translation services where two people can really just have a conversation now in two different languages, and Google can sit in the middle and and really basically act like Babelfish. So that's quite exciting from a geeky point of view, and we've had that for a while, but they they are refining that down now. Yeah, so I think it was. Remember they had their. Um... AirPod equivalent that did it, and it never quite. Oh, took... I didn't. No, okay. in... it was a year after the AirPods came out, and they had little in-ear kind of wireless. And they said the thing about this is, you know, partner with your phone, we can do trans- live translation, and it it looked amazing. I, I my jaw dropped. I was like, that is a cracking demo, but it never really landed. Whereas, as you say, they've refined it and refined it, and it's now landing. It looks that is totally, you know, go anywhere, have a conversation with somebody. <laughs> It's maybe not long until the idea of the Babelfish, you know, automatic because they've got they've already got the visual auto translation where you can point your phone at something and yeah. it will in line yep. translate. And maybe it's not long before we do go to other countries. Oh, I should probably turn that off, shouldn't I? How it, <laughs> Let me turn that to silent. How, how exciting! Um, so um, yeah, it's it's, pro- <laughs> it's probably not uh, that long before we do have a device that does the same thing audibly. So you go to another country and it just inline, you know, translates as you're talking. Yeah, but it do- it does feel like there's a real Amazon Google fight, you know, bit, bit, yeah, you know all, all around. Definitely this. a fight for hearts and minds. I do wonder if we'll just end up with, you know, most products just having both baked in and you just toggle what you want. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's kind of where we want to get to from a consumer perspective. Yeah. We want to have the best of all worlds. We don't want to have to make the choice. You know, it's like having a car that has, you know, Apple, whatever their, their car software is. CarPlay versus the Google's offering versus the, you yeah. know, all those things. Really, we just want something that either we can choose and pick and choose depending on what device we've actually got at the time or, uh, you know, an option to just to switch whenever you want or even just have, have them all. Um, you know, ultimately just have it all. Okay, take away from this podcast. Have it all. That's where <laughs> we want to be. I think that's all the stories we're going to cover, right? Uh, yeah, see, yes, as I said, I get, I, I get quite, I still want to visit. You know, I still would. Yeah, just... that, I think I'd get more from being there and just seeing and being that's, in that environment. Yeah. But, 
but to actually take away those big headlines well it's there's no massive product announcements people do that on their own turf and there's you know it's normally the trend from last year carries on but just in a quieter way and there's a new trend that everyone's picked up on but none of it really sparks that much excitement that's kind of where i see cs and the thing the thing i think the thing i would enjoy the most wouldn't be that obviously you'd like to go and see the big announcements and like the the rolling tv all screen that looked amazing which we could have put in but it's like blah you know and there'll be other tvs that look amazing and they had what is what was it they called was it smart led then you know so it was like pluggable screens that then mm-hmm. just started displaying. And they all look great, but it feels like they're, you know, five to 10 years away still. You know, the OLEDs come on sale this year, but, you know, me and you would have to, you know, basically sell the house <laughs> to go and buy yeah, one of these. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'd, it's all the little smaller gadgets and all the, just the, just the, it just looks like a madhouse. <laughs> yeah, and I'd say it looks like a show that I'd like to go to. I just don't see it so much as this big news worthy thing anymore i mean maybe that maybe something will come in a year's time that you know just blows us away but i think we'll probably be talking the same next year when it comes around again um anyway well that tends to be what we do we just talk about talk about stuff and say the same things over and over again why not subscribe to our podcast brilliant um <laughs> if you want to find out more about what we tend to talk about digitaloutbox.com you can talk to us email is info at digitaloutbox.com and twitter is digital outbox as well i am on twitter as cheesy uk you can follow along um my i would say my motor racing career but that's kind of on hold at the moment academyracer.co.uk to follow along the details there uh, and all my running stuff that i'm doing at the moment is on cheesy blog um and i am running the london marathon and on cheesy.blog there is a donate link it would be awesome if anyone listening fancies it to uh, donate towards that fund um i'm trying to raise four thousand pounds for children with cancer uk so it's all for a good cause ian where are you at blogsint.net um instagram ian dick underscore photography that'll do follow along and watch with delight um thank you very much for getting this far for getting to end the podcast um hope your new year's going well so far we will talk to you again soon goodbye